Thanksgiving has come and gone. Me and CJ got our black suits on. We might be heading for a funeral next week. Sounds like it. James is the only one smiling over here. Woo-wee! Kick the tires between the hashes. Here we go. Welcome back, guys. Happy Tuesday between the hashes. CJ, James, John here with you again. Um, it was a long week. Very long week. It was a long week for you and me. Yeah. Tough losses. Not mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, Michigan and the Green Bay Packers, but uh, pretty damn close to it. And so, as you just said, that's probably worse for us. It's, it's probably us worse. Hope. It's probably worse. We're still alive. We ain't dead yet. Um we're going to dive into Michigan-Ohio State, into the game. We'll talk about all the conference championships. First, I want to pass it over to James. James, hashtag undefeated, capital N, capital D. Notre Dame went out west. They beat USC 12-0, and perfect season. Uh, going to be headed to the college football playoff. I'll pass it off to you to touch on that. Ooh-wee. Man, it feels good to be a Notre Dame fan right now. Although we love to play down to our competition and make things stressful against teams we should easily beat. But we just got to wait out these conference championships and see if there's an upset. Well, Georgia, that four spot ain't lasting. Either that one spot or four spot is moving in the SEC championship game. So it's, it's, I feel actually pretty confident, confident. If confident. It, I don't know why I keep messing up. Um, <laughs> I feel pretty confident if we if it stays Clemson two Notre Dame three, if it's I think that's our best option for going into the first round of playoffs to face Clemson, and I think that's definitely a team we can easily beat. Throwing easily out there, that's yeah, cool. that's pretty bold. I, I I mean I think Notre Dame would beat Clemson too, but I mean their offensive attack, the D line, the front seven men. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's a cakewalk there. I think it is. Um, I, I could honestly, I could see this going either way. I, I'm pulling for Notre Dame. I'm pulling for you, and it <laughs> pains me to say this. But I think Clemson would give Notre Dame a run for their money. I think it would be a hell of a matchup. I just think the Notre Dame secondary is just when it gets going, it's that good that where we just get covered sacks. I mean, Julian Aquara has been phenomenal off the end. He doesn't have the sack numbers, but he's pretty much in the backfield every time hurrying up the throw. So as long as we can get those coverage sacks and coverage pressures, force to force uh, Trevor Lawrence into some bad, bad situations, we're good. They can keep uh, Etienne at bay. He's yep. He's That's, the key. I mean, the key. they always say the key to the game is to run the ball and stop the run. So key when you're facing it back like that to not let him get going because then it's play action off that, and then it's almost impossible to stop anything. Right. I mean, it took forever to get Dexter Williams going, and then he had that monster run which really sparked the entire uh, Notre Dame offense right after um, a big a big play by uh, um, Book getting that first down. You think they're going to wear the pinstripe uniforms in the playoffs? I hope they I burn those should. things the second, Absolutely. <laughs> the second they took those things off. They should have burnt those what things. What was the score of the, the Q's game? Was it a shutout? No. Oh, it was not. Okay, it was, it was not. 
they got three points right at the very end. So still three points. That's good success. They've only given up three points with the jerseys. That's some good juice in there. Exactly. So that's uh, that's one end of the spectrum with James and his Fighting Irish. Um, CJ, I bet you have some thoughts on the uh, game on Saturday. I do. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. I do. If okay. You, it, we're, it's a little early uh, to air grievances, as Festivus does not come upon us until December <laughs> 23rd. But the floor is yours. Get out what you need to get out. Okay, so if this were to happen immediately after the game on Saturday, it would have been F this, F that, fire Harbaugh. This team sucks. What a disappointment. But cooler heads prevail. I will say this. Hell of a season, boys. I did not expect Michigan to go on this ride. I'm glad they went on this ride. I, I, I got to give it to Devin Bush, Chase Winovich, Shea Patterson, Higdon. Um, the tight ends up until the Ohio State game where, guys, can you catch a pass? It's like everything. Was, it would hit him right in the hands and just plop it out. the rage. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's subsided, John. I'm good. I'm good. Um, anyway, the offensive line after the Notre Dame game, I didn't know what to expect. They held up very well. The, the, I mean, the secondary, the defense overall, a hell of a season. I, I, I can't. I'm not mad. It's just when you invest so much into this and, and you you have this all pictured out, Ohio State coming in looking all week, I feel like the team just went in way too confident. Everybody expected Michigan just to go into the shoe, myself included, I'll eat my own words, and just wet the floor with Ohio State. And, Ohio, and Urban Meyer, God bless him, he 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 – he, he, he put out a lot of speed on the offensive side of the ball that Michigan just could not contain. And the defense came and came and banged up. You know, um, Winovich, they didn't disclose his injury, but you could tell he was in a ton of pain. Gary was hurt for a good part of the season. Bush ended up getting hurt in the game. I think David Long got hurt too. Um, just my uh, – what really grinds my gears about that game is that outdated offense. Jim Harbaugh, you got to stop being a stubborn ass. You got to get with the times, man. It is 2018. This is That is an offense out of the early 2000s. He's calling offense. He's calling the offense that he ran with the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. <laughs> Way back. Yes. Then. And, you know, Pep Hamilton, They he, he's a good offensive mind. They, they, they brought in a ton of good position coaches this year. You just got to get with the times, man. You you have the best quarterback you've had in your entire tenure at Michigan, and you hold him back because you're so conservative. The dude can sling it. Shea Patterson, man. I, you know, he had a hell of a game. The stat lines don't really show it, but he was putting the balls right where they needed to be. He looked poised for the most part. It was the defense that failed Michigan this game. It wasn't the offense. Shea Patterson, I got to give it to him. Higdon had another hell of a game. Um, I know, John, you had mentioned Nico Collins was, was all over the field. He was playing great. Great. Exactly. They got a ton of talent, man. Those those three wide receivers, Peoples-Jones, Collins, and Tariq Black, they're all sophomores. So they're all coming back. Uh-huh. But if, if they need they, – they got to firepower that offense, man. I, I, I know I discussed this. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury out of uh, Texas Tech, he would have come in. You, you bring in an air raid offense, like with Shea Patterson and those wide receivers. Jim, um, Jim Harbaugh just would have to swallow his pride and accept the fact that he needs to adapt to a spread offense, but you got to let that offense run, man. There's a ton of talent, and just to see Michigan fall the same way they've fallen in the, the past few years just 
kills me. I'm, I don't, before I stop rambling on, just, <laughs> they got to do something, man. They have too much talent. It's hard to say that your problem is offense when you put up 30 points. It's giving up 60 plus. But it's, their defense, prior to this game, you know the most points they gave up all year? Was, it was against Notre Dame, 24 points. That was it. I don't, that I, was what was most surprising to me. Exactly. And Don Brown is probably one of the best defensive coordinators in the whole country. So I, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was the injuries that took a toll or Ohio it, State just got in their head. It had to be the injuries of just where, especially in Winovich's uh, case, where he thought a banged-up him was better than a healthy whoever the backup is. Yeah, but – that's. At some point, you got to realize that as to where you're better off the field than on the field. But it's the game, right? And, and he is—he's so hard and grit and hustle. He's a monster. You knew he wasn't going to be off the field. He's, right. His ass was 100. percent Now his body might not have been in it, but I, I mean, like I said, I, I really wanted to be pissed off and scorch the earth, this and that. I, I just can't. With like, I always equate it like the Michigan was like the old cubbies, the lovable losers. They just everybody's like, oh, this Michigan, they're so cute, and then they just right when you expect them to, they shit their pants. They had no answer early on for those crossing routes that Ohio State no. was throwing at them, which is crazy because all year we talk about how fast Michigan's defense was and how yep. they were just faster to the ball than everybody else, but they were getting beat around the edges. They were getting beat up the seams. They were getting beat down the sidelines. Um, I, I didn't expect that from a defense that was rolling, you know, and playing as well as they had been playing for weeks and months leading up to that game. Um, yeah, it was a surprise for me. And then you, when um, Ohio State muffs that kickoff and Michigan picks it right back it up, the opportunity. That, yeah. that's when I'm thinking, you know, okay, Ohio State was hanging around for a little bit. They're home. They have the energy. They had that first surge. Michigan just withstood it. They just scored. They just forced a turnover, scored again before the half. I was like, these tides are turning. Everything's going to come back to balance, and Michigan's going to end up running away with this thing. Well, and it just didn't happen. See, the thing is, it, it just seemed like every time Michigan would get rolling, they would just they would just collapse. Like They left so many points off the board. They So many drop touchdowns, just drop balls. Like I said, the tight ends. Hello, you guys were supposed to be one of the strong suits all year. Where the hell was it last week? Um, it's just, I feel like Michigan just didn't pull away. It's like they didn't want it. I feel like Ohio State just wanted it more because everybody was hyping Michigan. I mean, game day, everybody picked Michigan with the exception of Bryce Harper. He doesn't count. (laughs) But everybody picked Michigan. Even Herb Street, the biggest Ohio State, you know, supporter in the world. It just, I don't know, man. It, 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 It hurts. It definitely hurts. I think I think you you nailed it when you said Michigan looked like they thought they were going to win just by showing up. Exactly. I I think watching that game, it looked like both Michigan and Ohio State were listening to what people were saying about them. Yep. And you know, saying that Ohio State doesn't deserve to be on the same field. They've been sluggish all year. They've lost some games. They should have lost more games than they did. And then Michigan, they're going to the playoff. They're going to roll through this team. I think they were both listening to what was being said about them. And um, 100%. and it worked in Ohio State's favor, obviously. Now I gotta wait another year for revenge. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> revenge tour 2.1 coming 
So no conference championship game for Michigan this year. Ohio State will be playing Northwestern in the Big Ten. Go Cats. Uh, we already talked last week about Clemson and Pitt being set, Alabama, Georgia being set. We've also got Washington beating Wazoo in the Snowball in the Apple Cup, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, they'll play Utah for the Pac-12. And we didn't get any crazy scenario playing out in the Big 12. We've got Oklahoma and Texas rematch of the Red River game. Um, is there any one of these games that jumps out to you guys more than the others? Um, James, you got anything? Uh, I mean, Texas-Oklahoma is really the, the big game, really, because, I mean, other than that, it's Alabama-Georgia. It's what what's going to happen with the first four spots at the end of that game. But I would I would love to see Texas-Oklahoma in another shootout again. I agree with you there, but uh, my Big Ten bias has to take me another direction. I'm curious to see how Ohio State, after playing – game of the year they, they go bowl, all yeah, out super they're super bowl exactly they go all out for the game i've said before that northwestern is going to be isn't going to be a joke in indy they're a tough team they played michigan probably one of the probably top three out of all the teams this year i don't expect northwestern to lay down for ohio state and i'm curious to see if ohio state can pick themselves back up to where they were for the game and if it's going to translate into a big 10 title i'm looking i'm looking at alabama georgia just because it's got two top four teams and that's really going to shake up the top four, depending on the outcome. Uh, pretty pretty simple. If Alabama wins it, they're going to be sitting at one. They're going to be the first seed in the college football playoff, uh, while Georgia's going to be home. But if Georgia wins, does Alabama make it? Yes. Yeah, they probably make You it. think so? Yeah. With one loss, losing their conference they, title game? Because it's not even that. It's the CFPs picking the four best teams. It's not all about record. It's not all about uh, losses and it's about who is best for the four best teams to be into the playoff. So that so being it, said, how do you leave Alabama out? That being said, say let's go into pretend world here. Say UCF is ranked number three right now with their quarterback having a busted leg. If they go and they win their conference championship, are they still getting put into the playoff? If they're an undefeated conference champion, but they don't have their starting quarterback because he blew his leg out. No. I say no simply simply because of the fact that they play in the AAC, like we talked about last week. You, you, I mean, you got to take it into consideration here. I would put any of the Power Five, a one-loss conference champion, I would automatically jump a, a, a group of five, even if they're undefeated. I, I know UCF has gone on their run, but especially with Mackenzie Milton being out, I, I would have to put one of the power fives up there. So I guess the crux of my question there is um, does does their quarterback, does McKenzie being out, would that play into their decision to let them in? Not or is it more based on resume? Uh, it's more based on resume because even when we saw – because Milton went down early last week and their offense still rolled through that game last week. It it they were They didn't look like they skipped a beat. So if they come out – Say that happens like in the conference championship game, and their quarterback that steps up still steamrolls the competition. You're looking at the team as a whole, not just one player. So I'll spin it this way uh, not to bring Ohio State back into the equation, but in 2014, Braxton Miller gets hurt. They go to JT Barrett. JT Barrett gets hurt in the game. Cardell Jones comes in, gets Ohio State into the fourth seed, and they win the national title. Mm -hmm. So I think. While that, while it might not be as sexy, you know, Mackenzie Milton is a, is a known commodity in the in the football world. 
I still, I don't, I, I don't know if I would base it solely off, well, the quarterback's out, that's it, shit, you, you know, toss him aside. Because like I said, Ohio State has done that before, and it sometimes it works. So there is precedence there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. That works. Um, so moving in, moving on from the, the conference championship games, looking at the playoff picture as a whole, uh, coming into today, we've got Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Georgia 4, no change. Uh, Oklahoma sitting at 5, Ohio State at 6, Michigan 7, UCF 8, rounding out the top 8. If Georgia goes down, as I think most people think, with Alabama clearly going to be a favorite in that game, mm -hmm. if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 and Ohio State wins the Big 10, is Ohio State jumping Oklahoma, or is Oklahoma taking that step up to number four? I would give Oklahoma that step up to four, yep. regardless of the fact that the, the, the defense is terrible. you got to put this in perspective. The Big 12 as a whole, it, it's not a defensive league. It's it's just it's like Madden, like rookie mode, just Hail Mary, Hail <laughs> Mary, Hail Mary. Um, I think what's going to hold Ohio State back is the fact that they were there was so much doubt about them for the first 11 games of the season they turned it on at the right moment but where was it the rest of the way that's in the back of them in the, in the committee's mind they're gonna wonder where was this all year mm -hmm. so I, I think oklahoma has been more consistent as a whole and their loss is to 14 texas which they can avenge mm -hmm. so you wipe out you know one to one. exactly yeah. i would i would give them the the push over ohio state plus they have the better player overall. I know that doesn't really go into consideration, but Kyler Murray between the two teams is the best player on that field. Yeah, I 1,000% agree. There's no way Ohio State's going to jump Oklahoma to get into the playoff. I think Oklahoma is by far the better team, both like by the eye test and statistically. So the other side of that coin, if Georgia wins, is it going to be – Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama. Top four doesn't change, just the seeding gets shuffled a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd got to say Alabama. There's no way Alabama stays in the top two if they lose. they got to jump down to at least the fourth spot. And then Georgia might jump to two and leave Notre Dame at three. Now, here's some food for thought. Would you want to pin up Clemson and Bama in the semifinals? Would you put like a Notre Dame number one, Clemson two, Georgia three, Bama four? I mean, in, I mean, in a in a fantasy world, yeah. But if it just um, if Georgia beats Alabama, it's the number four beating the number one, and then Clemson's just playing Pitt. They still win a conference championship, but they're playing Pitt, an unranked team. So oh, Georgia would 20, I would 20. I would um, suggest that Georgia jumps. To one, I think Georgia and Alabama swap, or Georgia gets number two. I should say Georgia gets number two. Clemson moves up to one. Notre Dame stays at three because they're not playing a game. They have no conference championship. They're just sitting there waiting, and then Alabama gets four. And I think that way you still get your Clemson, Alabama, and your Georgia Notre Dame. Crazy. That's, uh, that's crazy. You know what would fix this? Having eight teams in the playoffs. Perfect segue, my friend. Having I eight teams it. in the playoffs. I love it. Oh, we were trying not to call it out. <laughs> no, that was sarcastic. Listen, sarcastic. listen. <laughs> I brought this up several times, and I think you guys agree with me, uh, that eight teams in the playoffs, each Power Five conference winner and three wild cards is the 
perfect formula for this playoff. System. Shit, I would even settle for the power five champs and then one at large. I would settle for that too. Even give six. give one and two buys. Let you know have that is three exactly. and six and four and five play out. I I would agree with that. I think that's much better than four, but I think eight is just the absolute sweet spot. Because I mean. I think it puts more of an emphasis on winning your conference too. If it bids you a spot in the playoff automatically, I think that's that's awesome. That's what they should be striving to do. But I would love to see teams like Washington, if they beat Utah, to get a shot. Maybe they get their teeth kicked in in the playoff. They probably would. But if they win their conference, then they should get a chance to compete for it, I think. Or a team like Texas. Say they beat Oklahoma. They've had a... a Really surprising year, and I don't think anybody expected them to sniff the Big 12 between no. Oklahoma, between West Virginia, oh, all those high-flying teams in there. But if Texas comes out of that conference with a championship, don't you think they get the chance to compete for that anyways? Right. And and a team like Michigan, I mean, the number one defense throughout the entire year, they've only lost to Notre Dame the first week of the season, number three, and Ohio State, what were they, 10? 10. Ohio State was 10. So their two losses are to top 10 teams. They've got the number one ranked defense. I mean, maybe this is my NFL thinking and not so much college, but it drives me crazy that there's a committee of people who decide that they don't get to compete for the championship. They're one of the best teams in college football. There's no debating that. There just isn't enough spots to let them in to, to fight for it, which I think stinks. Right. There's, I mean, if you're going to expand it, doing it, to six teams is still difficult. I think eight is that perfect number because even if you did your where you get the power five plus one, yeah. who gets in? Notre Dame or UCF? Because uh, well, I would UCF, I would I would equate Notre Dame in the power five. I know they're an independent. That well, I mean, but if you do the championship of all power five conferences and then one wild card, and you still got UCF, who's not power five, and then Notre Dame sitting I would give there it for to that. Notre Dame. But shouldn't UCF being undefeated for two straight years get into a playoff at least once? Well, that's what that's what UCF gets for being the new kid on the block. Notre Dame is true and blue. They get the edge. That's just how it is. It sucks, but it's true. Because that that those eight teams, as it sits right now, the the only team that's out of the eight teams that I would even put in is Texas, out of the top eight teams right now. Texas, Wazoo. Uh, any uh, either of those teams that are out of the top eight but in the top 15. Well, I mean, that's my point. So if Texas comes in and wins the Big 12, they still have no shot. If there's eight teams, they're in as the winner of the Big 12. Yeah, because then Oklahoma gets knocked out. They get knocked in. No, but here's a hypothetical then. So let's use – I'll use Northwestern as an example. They are this year eight and four. Big, uh, so Big Ten champ gets in. Northwestern wins the Big Ten. But you want a four-loss national champ? Yeah. That, see, I feel like yeah. that sort of waters it down a little no, bit. No, because then that gets every other fan base who doesn't have a representative in there something to root for. Yeah, but you got the purists who are going to crap all over this. They're going to say, well, man, you know, but then it's it going to the NFL styles where how many times have the wild card who just – The Giants were a seven-loss Super Bowl champ. Right. And, how, like, you put them as – getting into the wild card the last week possible in the NFL season, and then they go on to run the house in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. It's seeing a Northwestern team get those wins where they, they might not be impressive wins, but they survive in advance and they win that championship. That'd be awesome. That'd be a great story. I agree. And, and you mm -hmm. say, you know, people would kind of 
dismiss a, a four-loss national champ. What if that four-loss national champ beat Alabama in the playoffs? I mean, does Alabama yeah. deserve to be a considered a champ if they lose to a four-loss team at the end of the year? I just look at it like this from the old point of view. I mean, obviously the new school, hell yeah, I'd agree for that. Because, you know, you look at like Butler going to the national championship two years in a row in college basketball. You've loved that, that like underdog story. But I feel like the purest and, you know, college football being so traditional and hundreds and hundreds of, you know, hun- like 150 years, blah, 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 blah. I could just see a lot of people being like, ooh, up in arms and – I think it would make an interesting story. I just, I mean, I don't I think know if I buy into it. You only get those up in arms people for the first two years. Like people were against this when it first came out, which I, I still find amazing. It's because, like you said, it's it's like changed. People are, people are stuck yeah. in their ways, but now it's now we've had a few seasons. There's definitely more people for the playoff than against it now. And oh, 100%. once you get a few years of the conference championships, as it being in the playoffs. As they get in, you'll get those naysayers out of the way. They'll stop saying nay because they'll see that this is <laughs> the way uh, that they have to go by. And if they want their team in there, win the championship. I just can't like really say it, anything other than win. I just like things to be as objective as possible. It, it drives me crazy that there's a, a group of probably old white guys who sit in a room who decide who's going to be in the playoffs. I'm sure there's a Rooney Rule situation in there. You're probably <laughs> right, but you know what I mean. Though, it, if if you make it so that at least it's give them control of the three wild cards. Fine. Yeah. If the winners of the Power Five conferences get a shot at the playoffs, that's objective. You win your conference, you're in the playoff. Yeah. And I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. If there's a weaker conference champion, then they're going to be the Seattle Seahawks a couple of years ago who went seven and nine and won the NFC West and beat the Saints in their home game to advance. If you're better than that four loss conference champion, beat that four loss conference champion and you're going to move on. I, th- I think it's as easy as that. You make it objective. You win your conference, you're in. You don't win your conference. You hope you played well enough to earn a wild card. And you go from there. You 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 fight for that spot to fight for the championship. So when they instituted the 14 playoff, everybody just assumed that they would eventually, you know, expand to six or an eight or even a 12, which I think is a little out there. But, you know... I think we are getting to that point where you look at this season, you, you see a lot of the a lot of the old blue bloods coming back, like Notre Dame making the playoffs, Michigan going on the run they did, Texas. You know, I feel like things are changing in college football. They're changing of the tide. Um, it's it's coming. It, it without a doubt, it's coming. It, we'd be dumb to assume that they're going to stick with four teams forever. I I just I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, but I am. I, I am curious, though. I, I would be curious to see, like, a Northwestern. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if they're worried about sponsorships and stuff like that, I oh, mean, okay. just, just name the Bulls, yeah, you know, in the first round. Name, Make yeah, that name, the Fiesta Bowl is, right. is a game yeah. in the first round. All, or, these, all these playoff games could just be bowl games because yeah. they get a million bowl games. So I, I, what I actually saw with – Because that's with, what they do now, don't they? Yeah, for the, they, for the for the semifinals, the, it's uh, like the Fiesta Bowl, the Rose. It's the New Year's Six Bowls, right? And then the national chip, uh, the championship, national chip, national championship game is um, they pick it like Super Bowl, right? So it'd be interesting, definitely uh, thought provoking. I know, I know, it's more complicated than I make it seem, but in my head, it, it's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, hypothetically, picking winners here. So make your eighteen playoff: Bama, Clemson. Ohio State, Washington, 
Oklahoma. Say those five teams win their conferences. They're in. If UCF wins their conference, you give them a shot. Notre yeah. Dame's in. And then pick the pick the the winner of the bunch. Do you want to give Washington a, or Washington's in? Give Texas a chance. Do you want to give Michigan a chance? Do you want to give one of these guys that's right on the fringe um, in LSU or, or so, somebody like that who's going to earn another another chance? And that's where the committee can come in, right? If there's a team that loses two out of the last three games and doesn't make their conference championship, they're probably not going to win the wild card. But if you've got a team that's playing well right at the end, maybe played themselves out of a conference championship early, but is competing at a higher level now, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there's I think there's room to improve, and I think you're right. I think we're on that way. We've said that on this show many, many times that we believe that. Um I just think it's I think it's easy because I mean you you won't lose anything with the the committee because you just keep the same people that you have now just like you said pick remaining yeah. teams yeah you still have the committee aspect you still have the voting aspect you still have even teams that are mathematically out now which Michigan kind of isn't but we all know that they are it still gives them something to play for like when you're have a two loss early in the year you're like I'm definitely not going to be able to get into the CFP. Yeah. But you still have something to play for because you might be able to sneak into one of those last three spots. I think it makes the college season a hell of a lot. Yeah. It'll make important. the back half matter for way more teams than right. it currently does. Right. So moving on from the college football playoff, uh, we're approaching playoff time in the NFL. Playoff pictures are taking shape. Uh, teams are starting to separate themselves from the pack. But before we really dive into the playoff picture in the NFL, it wasn't too too many things noteworthy that went on in the NFL this week. But oh boy, Hugh Jackson! Oh baby, got to face his old team. Oh, oh, baby. Uh, Cleveland Browns taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The disrespect for our guy Hugh Jackson, man, so well deserved. Oh yeah, totally warranted. And I was so happy to see it on full display. So Cleveland goes into Cincinnati. And they beat the bag out of Cincy. They, Cincy made it close at the end, scored a couple touchdowns. But this one was never in doubt. Cleveland now 2-1 and one after firing Hugh. Mm-hmm. And their one loss being Kansas City. So, I mean, can't, can't, can't really – uh, can't fault them too much there. Um, the offense is clicking. Baker Mayfield looks great. Yep. And a uh, couple, couple disrespectful moments towards, towards old boy Hugh Jackson. But the one I wanted to highlight, the, my favorite – at Baker's press conference, uh, he made a comment that now they have people they believe in calling the plays <laughs> in Cleveland, which I love. We all saw it coming during Hard Knocks. The guy, oh, the oh, guy is, yeah. is a tool shed built on top of a joke. You can tell nobody respects him. Nobody takes him seriously. His yeah. own coaches weren't vibing with him. He's out, and the Browns look dramatically improved after making a change to that coach. Yeah, no, it's very surprising. I mean, it isn't, it isn't, because like you said, he was just human, a human welcome mat. He's floundering. He was terrible. I mean, we saw it on hand knocks. The way, like, this is the way I do things. Like, I'm in charge. Like, ha-ha, F you guys. It, oh, God. I actually heard something on the radio, too, and I, I think this is funny. They, they think – that Hugh Jackson, a lot of the hatred short towards him was that he was totally fake. That which which it's all, it looked like that on High Knocks. Like nobody lo- liked him, nobody respected him, and that he was a mouthpiece to the media. 
like the Condoleezza Rice thing. People are starting to think that it was Hugh Jackson who, re- who released that the Browns were <laughs> interested in Condoleezza Rice. Oh, it had to be. Because uh, someone brought up a point, too. The day after Hugh Jackson was fired, he was on Schefter's podcast. So, like, hmm, interesting there. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. wonder how close you were. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know he's probably going to get the, the Bengals job, which is just hilarious. Another loser franchise. Funny, one team in Ohio rises, the other falls. If they finally get rid of Marvin Lewis and then they appoint Hugh Jackson as their coach. I wish people could see your face right now, as you said. My mind will explode. (laughs) Pause that. I got to take a picture of that. That would be just how dumb can you be if that is actually what is going to happen? That would be impressive. That would be impressive. Oh, my. Like, I'm having a tumor just thinking of it. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I mean, now their playoff hopes are down the drain. Now that Aiden Dalton's dead. Yeah, he's out for the year. Dead with a bad You don't thought. trust Jeff, uh, Jeff Driscoll? No. <laughs> not as far as I can throw him. And is AJ far. Green even back in the lineup yet? He's not back yet. No. He's not back yet. So with the top weapon and a backup quarterback, it's hard to say that they're going to make the playoffs sitting third in their division. Yep. So, so with the Browns, we've got Baker throwing some shade in his press conference. Uh, incredibly standoffish handshake at midfield after the game. Hasbro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He went in for the hug, and, and Baker was having none of that. Kept him at arm's length. Demarius Randall intercepts a pass of Andy Dalton that he probably could have taken to the house. Loved it. Uh, it looked like he had blockers set up in front of him to run down the sideline, and instead he ducks out of bounds and hands the ball right to Hugh Jackson right in front of his face. Just, I mean, just hilarious, man. And it's it's crazy that the three of us and everybody watching Hard Knocks could see that this guy is not a leader of men, that he's no. a terrible coach, no. he's got no charisma. What did the Browns see? I mean, what are they? And they the kept who- him after losing 31 games in two years, and they kept him. We talked about this before. You know, you've got your first-round pick. You've got the guy of the future. You picked Baker. Bring a coach in with him and have them grow together and see what you can make of it. And instead, they keep this boob as a head coach. And, and <laughs> How many games do you think Hugh Jackson cost them this year? Oh. They lo- they've lost six games, probably four oh, at yeah. least. I would say close to it. Yeah. I, I, that's, I think that's maybe being – Generous, too. Or being low, rather. He's an idiot. He's out. Cleveland's on the rise. If they fired him a couple weeks ago, your uh, Cleveland Browns playoff prediction might have been looking a lot better than it is right now. Technically, technically, they're not eliminated yet. And neither is anybody else. Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, everybody. Actually, John, you can argue five. I just looked at their schedule. The first five games they lost, they tied, lost by three to the Saints. Beat the Jets by four, lost to the Ra- uh, Raiders by three, and lost and beat the Ravens by, by three. So yeah, I mean, the, the coaching factor definitely plays into that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, I just really want the Bengals to hire him as the head coach. I am the only reason uh, why he, I'm pretty sure he only had the coaching job is because he's the funny guy at the parties and he always kept his owner laughing. Well, Marvin Lewis loved him and Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, apparently loves him too. I mean, he's got great jokes. 
He's the guy you want to eat cookout. He's not the guy you want leading your football team, though. That's yeah, two different animals. He's the guy you don't laugh with, you laugh at, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the office drunk. It's funny when you're 22, but <laughs> yeah. when you're 50, it's, it's Poor not guy, as funny like, anymore. Oh, get, get your act together. All right, so moving on to the uh, to the playoff picture. Cleveland Browns are still in the hunt, as the hunt, are all 32 the teams don't in the Don't wipe off that thing off the board. The wipe mine off, though. This might be <laughs> the latest point in the year that we've had all 32 teams still alive. I mean, Cardinals, San Francisco, and um, I believe a team in the AFC, and I'm sure you'll tell Oakland. me who it is. Oakland. Two wins, nine losses, still mathematically alive for the playoffs. Could sneak in there at seven and nine, I'm sure, if they went out. So here we go, playoff picture. AFC, you've got Kansas City and New England at one and two, leading the West and the East. Houston and Pittsburgh, three and four, leading the South and the North. Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, as an eight-win wildcard team at this point. And Baltimore Ravens, with their potential quarterback controversy. I love it. Sitting there at the sixth seed. Uh, top teams in the hunt, Indianapolis, the only team with a winning record who is in the hunt and not currently in a playoff spot at six and five. Uh, Miami, who we'll get to that <laughs> later. Uh, Cincinnati, Denver round out the, uh, the top nine or so in the AFC. Moving to the NFC. New Orleans, number one, with their head-to-head win over the L.A. Rams uh, for one and two. Chicago sitting at the number three spot with eight wins. Dallas recently took over the NFC East from Washington with their win on Thanksgiving. They sit at the four seed. Minnesota is in the five. Washington is in the six. Uh, Seattle and Carolina are their first two teams out, both with running winning records in the NFC. Uh, Philadelphia, Green Bay, Atlanta round out the top 10, 11 or so in the NFC. So we're starting to get to that point now. You know, seasons are on the brink, my Green Bay Packers included. Um, I want you guys to pick one team for me that's in the hunt that you think has the potential to make a push for a playoff spot and make a run in the playoffs. It's got to be the Colts. The Colts look awesome. Luck is on fire. Luck is back. The luck. We is we joke on. about Texas being yeah, back yeah. and this and that. Luck is back. Luck man. is back. That offense is high powered. He's gotten at least three touchdowns in eight straight games. Right? That's what it is. That's what the number. Yeah, is. Uh, yep. Eight and three straight. Uh, they, three and eight straight. They look good, and I think the Ravens who sit in that spot, they looked good. They've won the last two, but I don't think they're going to keep it up. I think when it gets down to the end of the schedule, they're just not going to be able to keep it up. And then Indy goes and wins out. There's no way they're not getting it. So Indy's hot. I agree with you 100% there. However, I'm going to go opposite, and I'm actually going to take the Ravens. I could see them, hypothetically speaking, go on a – I could see Lamar Jackson pulling like a Colin Kaepernick-type run back in, what was that, 13 or 14? Where he just went on a tear for for the Niners, and just nobody could stop him. I, I don't see the Ravens making a deep run, but, man, I think they're an interesting team. I think Lamar Jackson is the future for them. I think, he, I think there's a quarterback controversy waiting to unfold there in uh, Baltimore. I agree with you. We talked about this at the beginning of the year, and I said that it's Flacco's job in my yeah. belief and that there's no way that Lamar Jackson's going to play unless since, they're really struggling. Since day one, John, I was pushing that train, I know, man. I, I know. Ugh. I know. Um and it took an injury to get him in there, but I'm not so sure he gives that job back now. No, nope. they were they were sputtering. Baltimore opened up to a hot start. They started struggling a little bit. 
two wins in a row behind Lamar Jackson now. He just adds another element that that offense hasn't had in almost 10 years now with Flacco. They got speed. It's like McNair, the end of McNair, yeah. yeah. I forgot McNair played for the Ravens. Yeah, that's, that's a good pull. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he just adds another element of speed and, and another – I, I, je ne sais quoi, as you say. Uh, he just adds some juice to that offense that they don't have with Flacco. Yeah, but then what do you do with Flacco, though? If you're going to start, if you're going to make Lamar your franchise, what do you do with Flacco? If you're not going to pay $30 million backup. you got a $25 million cap hit sitting on your bench if you're on Lamar and Jackson. Nobody's going to want to take that contract nope. with Flacco. Well, think about it like this. I mean, they, they used the 30-second pick on him. They actually traded back into the first round to draft Lamar Jackson. Yep. So. I think he's their succession plan long-term. I don't think they expected it to happen this early and for Jackson to show the success that he has. But I feel like it's 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 an old – you move on from Flacco. I mean, it's not like Flacco had that one run where he just sold his soul to win that Super Bowl, and he caught lightning in a bottle. I don't think he's going to replicate that. I think the upside of Lamar Jackson, you know, with the running quarterbacks, you worry about if they get hurt. You know how does how does the passing game translate? But that's down the road. I feel like if you're looking at the now, I feel like you take the young, exciting prospect. Harbaugh's line may or may not be on the line. Harbaugh's job may or may not be on the line. So I think you just take a chance and you ride the momentum, man. Just oh, let it ride. Harbaugh might be out. I could even think of that. I yeah. could see if if. Baltimore decides that they're going to move on from John Harbaugh and go with Lamar Jackson. You bring in one of those Lincoln Riley type guys Daniels, to, yeah, to, run, those lines, to run with Lamar Jackson. And oh my goodness, does that team look different? Yep. Especially if they're going to keep playing defense like they have to start the year. And then they've got that dynamic element on offense. That's that's That can be a scary team. That's one that you don't want to run into in January. No. My team is Seattle, man. I I, uh, that, huh? I hate Seattle with every ounce of my existence. Mm-hmm. When they do something that that is, if they do something good, a piece of me rots and dies inside. I've hated them since 2012. Not going to get into the fail Mary and all that. Water under the bridge, rotten, smelly ass water under the bridge. But they're they're that team that always gets hot at the right time. I know. They're, the, the Legion of Boom is gone. They literally their defense has almost turned over one hundred percent, with the exception of Frank Clark and Bobby Wagner, I believe. Yes, and, and they're they're playing great. Their offensive line is vastly improved from what it was in years past, when Russell Wilson was running for his life and seeming to have to make a magic play if they wanted to just move the ball downfield. His receivers make plays for him. They're the number one rushing team in the NFL. That's the formula to win in December and January. Um, as a Packer fan, I need Seattle to lose a couple of games here in order to somehow sneak into the playoffs as as uh, remote as that possibility is. Seattle's schedule is an absolute cakewalk finishing out the year two. They've got four of their five games at home. They've got San Francisco twice. They've got Arizona They've got Minnesota, which is a tough game, and Kansas City, which is a tough game. But both of those are at CenturyLink Field. Uh, I, I could Seattle's already got a win over Carolina. They've got a win over Green Bay, so they've got tiebreakers there. Um, I, I think that's that's going to be a team to watch out for come come January. Is Seattle? Um, I hope it doesn't play out like that, man. They drive me crazy. 
You like Brian Kelly Red right now. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's what's redder? My solo cup, my shirt, or my face? <laughs> oh, they give me an aneurysm, man. Um, but anyways, I think Seattle's that team. I think the uh, I think the top two seeds in each conference are far and away the favorites. I think the Patriots in Kansas City and New Orleans in L.A. Uh, I think I don't know why you guys doubt them. I I hold your tongue with the Patriots. No, I think I'm not even. I don't even think it's the Patriots. I'm afraid of it's Houston. I think Houston has won off what eight in a row now. Eight in a row. Deshaun Watson is back to where he needs to be. JJ Swat is back to being himself. Mm -hmm. Clowny, healthy. Exactly. It, It. I just. I don't know, man. I, I think they're going to come into Foxborough and get poked. It happens every single year. Patriots' luck will run out, and I know. I it's... don't even think the Patriots hold on to the second seed. Oh, they'll beat Pittsburgh. I don't think. Uh, I'm not too sure um, about that either. I'm, no. I'm saying Texans get the second seed, man. I think the Patriots don't. They they're gonna have the trouble the rest of the way, like they have all season, and then they're probably not going to walk away with the wins that they usually get. Then the Tekken, the Texans sneak in there. Texans, yeah. The Texans will <laughs> Tekken sneak three. in there <laughs> with the second seed, and then so the Patriots will have to go on the road to Houston, and then on the road to Kansas City. The only way I see them potentially losing is at Arrowhead in the championship game. That's it. I if the uh, Patriots if the Patriots don't get the second seed, they're not making the AFC championship game. I don't know about that necessarily. That. They'll lose in the divisional round away can, on the road. No matter I can where see they them go. going into Re- Re- uh, Reliance Stadium. And pulling off a win against Houston, I think. NRG. Yeah. NRG. I'm sorry, I'm going back, dating myself. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think Pittsburgh. They have a ton of talent. I know. Big Ben's gonna stop throwing picks at the damn goal line if they want to win anything. Juju is saving their ass, man. Juju is a stud. He is an absolute stud. I, I know Connor is showing his warts a little bit, but yeah, Con- Connor's falling fast. But he still has a ton a, of upside, man. A couple of huge fumbles the past couple of weeks, dropping passes left mm-hmm. and right. Pittsburgh is that team, though. They can't beat the Patriots in the playoffs. They just can't do it. it it's like it's like the the suck that is in the Cleveland Browns facility, and it just infiltrates yeah, everything you, that goes on there. That's the, Pittsburgh playing the pass. If you look at most of the Patriot losses that have come in the playoffs, it's always been on the road. They never lose at home. In the playoffs, didn't they Baltimore? They lost to Baltimore because of a fault kick. The Jets beat them in, in Joliet. Yeah, but that's twice. Every single other. But you time. said they just went from zero to two. I mean, it, I didn't it, say zero. I said most of their never. losses. You said they'd never. We gotta. We'll play that back. You did say never. Rarely. Rarely. But they very rarely lose at home in the playoffs. That's call a spade a spade. The the Pats teams of years past had like. Gronk coming in, you know, at at full capacity or playoff Gronk or the playoff Amendola, you know, who just came out of nowhere. They they're missing that link, I think, to bridge themselves to to get to that point. I feel like this is a weakened Patriots team in an offensive um in a passing league. Pat's ranked like towards the bottom in passing. I just I think I don't know, man. Sony Michelle's a rookie. James White, I, I think, is. Due for an injury. I He's just being overworked. And that's my point. They're a weaker team than they have been in the past where they've just come in and pulled Horseshoe out of their ass after Horseshoe. See, that's why I don't think they'll even make the AFC Championship. Especially if they don't right. get the second so seed. Easy. 
so easy. See, you it's you can say that from the outside looking in because oh, Patriots do this, Patriots do that, which they do. But from the inside, a perspective, man, they're, they're lacking that. They're lacking that aspect of the Patriots always do it. It's it's not their year. It it and they barely beat the Jets. I'm containing myself right now. Do you know what I would give to be eight and three and have it be not well, my year? Right, right. <laughs> you want to trade spots? You want four, six, and one? Get your dicks kicked in every time you go on the road. Hey, I preface this by saying Boston fans are the most spoiled bunch in the group. I, but even if even if it's acknowledged, they don't understand it. Okay, well, well, I'm just I'm, I'm objecting. Your the top two seeds in each conference are the best teams. Yes, I'm objecting that the Pats aren't clearly the best team in the AFC. Are one of the two best teams in the AFC. Okay, agree to disagree. And also, food for thought. I know we just talked about that. So I, I just saw on Twitter, um, Josh Gordon and Braden Cooks through the uh, through the first eight games of last year and this year, identical stat lines. And I was so anti. Oh, Braden Cooks was overrated. You know this and that. So and I was upset when he left. Thousand yard receiver. Twelve hundred yeah. yards. You know, no need for that though. Yeah. So makes you wonder. I don't know. I just I, 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 I can see how you could say that, John. I just, I don't know. It's championships of Boston, man. <laughs> and, and that's such. A, I mean, it's an unfortunate <laughs> mindset, which I know. Well, it's how like you're upset when you don't make the playoffs as a Packer fan because you have Aaron Rodgers. It's right. upset that you haven't won enough Super Bowls. Yes, it's very, very much upsetting. So. We have this guy. Who is on the way out? You know, at any given time, it could be his last season. Yeah. So it's upsetting that we're not going to win another one with them, even though we've won five with them. But I was going to say, you're not getting any sympathy from this couch right right here. You could argue that they could have actually won more than five, too. I mean, they're big plays away from winning another three. How about the NFC? Saints, Rams. I don't think anybody's really contesting those guys. No, not, uh, not even coming close. No. I think the Bears are much better than than everybody thought coming into this year. I Easily. knew they'd be improved. I didn't think they'd be eight and three. Yeah, but Trubisky's health is the one thing, the one question mark I have with them is when is when is he coming back? Just Daniels on the stretch this group. I thought it was just a uh, precaution to keep him out on a short week. I think it was just a short week type yeah. thing. Yeah, but if it lingers, I mean, that's if it could, you know, sure. Right. Right. Something sure. could happen. Right. I mean, that defense is for real, man. Oh. Their, their front seven yep. is horrifying. And that's – so I'm looking at that game as a Packer fan. It, it's, I mean, outside chance. I think I went over this. Packers have to win their last five. They need Seattle to lose twice. They need Carolina to lose twice and Washington to lose twice. So they need a lot to break their way in addition to winning out just to sneak into the sixth seed. I think they can beat Arizona. I think they can beat Atlanta. They can beat the Jets on the road. They can beat the Lions at home. Going to Chicago might be impossible for this team. Yeah, but you're defense. thinking then that the Packers have everything to play for. Chicago's now sitting everybody to keep them healthy for the playoffs. If Chicago only- if Chicago loses a game coming up, though, they're going to be a game. Of, them and Minnesota are going to be a game apart. Yeah, so they're going to be they're going to be playing their guys right until the end. Chicago has a tough stretch down the end. I'm just looking at it too. At the Meadowlands versus the Giants. At home versus the Rams, which still it's at home, but the Rams. Tough game. Packers. And then they close out with the Niners and Vikings, but both on the road. So. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be playing their guys all the way out. Yeah. It's, I mean, Minnesota probably going to lose to the Pats this week, but I think they've 
I think they've got a relatively tough stre- uh, stretch coming up because they finish. They have a, a road game at Seattle as well. I'm not sure who else is on their schedule, um, but they're going to be playing playing teams all the way through. But we'll see. Um, a lot of stuff still to play out. Like I said, um, every team is still alive mathematically, although probably Crazy. not practically. But it's going to be interesting to see who kind of makes that push and steals a wild card spot at the end of the year, um, and who just, drops out of their spots. That there's they, no way the Redskins are going to hold on to that. I don't think so. Spot. And so the out of you don't, the you don't trust Colt McCoy. No, that's that's the one thing that I'm uh, I'm that I feel good about in that whole scenario where the Packers make the playoffs is they need the Redskins to lose twice and they lost their their starting quarterback for the year. So that certainly helps. So I mapped this out. You got to talk Notre Dame. You got to talk Michigan. Here's my path to the playoffs. Ready? Yeah. So the Packers win out. Home against the Cardinals. Home against the Falcons. Those two games are very winnable. Road against the Bears. That's the doozy. Road against the Jets. Shouldn't be a doozy, but they suck on the road, so it'll be tough. And in Week 17, they finish at home against Detroit. Got to win all five of those. Carolina's got to lose two of these. At Tampa Bay. At Cleveland, need you boys to help me out there. Home versus the Saints, home versus the Falcons, and at the Saints. So they get the Saints twice in the last two weeks. They so need to lose two, two losses right there. So I'm hoping those are the two. Seattle's got to lose two. They're home against the Niners, home against the Vikings, hoping that's one. At the 49ers, home against the Chiefs, hope that's the second, and home against the Cardinals. That's going to be a win. Washington's got to lose twice. They play at Philly, home against. I'm hoping that's a loss. Home against the Giants at Jacksonville, which could be a loss. At the Titans, which could be a loss, and then home against Philly. So they've got the toughest schedule of those three. They could, teams. Lose, they could lose out. They could lose all five. Um, so, <laughs> famous last words. I'm not too worried about Washington losing two out of five. It's Seattle. Seattle's it's, the only one. Seattle is the one that's going to bite them in the ass. I think. Yeah. yeah. And you hit the nail on the head when you said that they your favorite team. team. Yeah, they're getting hot at the right time. Screw. It's I wouldn't have it any other way. Man. That's, that's the only way. To get it. <laughs> I know that just stings that much more. Just like Ohio State beating you to make yeah. it ten. Why not? Why, Why not? not? Right? Just Seattle gets it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's it's not going to be let, Iowa. Let us stress. It's not going to be Iowa. It's going to be Ohio no. State. No. All right, gents. Moving on. Locks of the week. We are struggling, guys. Bad. I hope nobody listens to us. I hope none of you listen <laughs> Actually, to us. someone did listen to me on the Michigan pick. Eric, I do apologize. <laughs> that was their worst performance, and I, I feel terrible, buddy. So uh, I am two and three. We hit last week on Baltimore-Oakland over 42 and a half. Piece of cake. Lamar Jackson coming in and storming the offense. Money. Uh, CJ won two and two. Woo-wee. Yep. Missed on Michigan minus four and a half. James also two and three with me. Missed on Notre Dame minus 11. Since I got the only one right, I think I'll start us off this week. I'm looking at another over-under. I'm taking Houston with Deshaun Watson, looking great. The darling of the AFC, according to you guys. Mm-hmm. Against Cleveland, revitalized offense, new play caller. Baker's feeling dangerous. Over-under set at 48 even. We got no hook. I'm going over 48 points, Cleveland and Houston. Book yeah, that's, that's an easy one. Ooh, it's more like to luck. That's an easy one. What do you guys got? All right. I was going to do... A different game, but I'm going to switch it up completely. Uh, I'm going to go Big 12 championship game. Are you, are you pulling a not-so-fast, my friend, I'm pulling a not-so-fast, my friend, on myself. That is correct. Of course, <laughs> I would be proud of it. Um, I'm taking the over. 
79 points. Whoa! Texas, Oklahoma. I, it's, it's the Big 12. You know I what? like that. I'm, my gut has been so wrong. I, the only game I actually hit on was a Big 12 game with Texas. Thank you very much. Give me the over. 79 points. Only one unit just because. Over 79? Over 79, dude. Nice. That's, that's bold. Zero faith in defense. That's bold. Woo. What do you got, Sideburns? Uh, well, every single time I think Detroit Lions are somewhat good and they do this right and they get a win and then they completely just run. They stink. They suck. Truthful. Ailey Rams, minus nine and a half. Akeem Tlaib is back. They start up this – he comes back this week. Their defense gets a little bit better. They get that. Now they get better secondary coverage, which is going to lead to more sacks. Marvin Jones Jr. also out. Also out. Mm-hmm. They got nobody. Minus nine and a half for the Minus Rams. Nine and a half. You heard it here, folks. Those are your winners. We've got Cleveland, Houston, over 48. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, over 79. Not for the faint of heart. <laughs> <laughs> Could be sweating bullets watching that one. And LA Rams minus nine and a half against Detroit. Um, also, life hack here: your boy can't pick a Carolina game to save his life, right? Picking against Carolina every single game for the rest of the year. Carolina's going to lose those two games. I need him for the Packers to get in. <laughs> That's how we're going to do this, baby. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Shoot us a question, James. Tell them where they can find us. BTW underscore the hashes on Twitter, Facebook, and and Instagram. Thank you. We have um, an email address at between the hashes podcast at Gmail. I don't know why the weird voice break. Sorry about that, guys. Going through puberty. Yeah. yeah, Well, you you make random noises. I just got (laughs) wanted to be cool. Um, Yeah. Shoot us an email. Any questions you have, we're more than happy to more more than happy to answer. Any requests. You name it, guys. That's what we're here for. We aim to please. As Aaron Rodgers said, we got to go home, rest up, beat the Cardinals, come back home, beat Atlanta, go to Chicago, a place we've won many games, beat them, come uh, go to the road, beat the Jets around Christmas time, come back home, play Detroit, beat them. Will 9-6-1 get them in? You can't be 9-6-1 if you don't go 5-6-1. That's between the hashes. We're out of here, folks. Go Pack Go. Go Irish. Go Cats.